Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the late-breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Yeed, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. It's a preview episode. We've done it. We're we're almost there. F1 is on the horizon. We've got the Belgian Grand Prix coming up this weekend. And it's back to normality for the three of us. If you listened to our last bonus podcast episode, you'd have seen us or heard us all in the same place. Uh, We're back to three venues, unfortunately. Um, Do do you miss me, guys? I mean, I didn't realise you were there in the first place. So, yeah, no, no. <laughs> We've silenced him. It's happened. He's got nothing to say. I don't even know why I asked, to be honest. End, end podcast there, I think. Thank you for watching Late Breaking, listening to it, whatever you do. We're done. I, I was setting myself up to fail there, really, so I've only got myself to blame. But yeah. I'll, um, I'll be alright because we've got plenty to talk about. And like I said, F1 is on the horizon, so I'm in good spirits overall. We've got a number of brilliant topics to discuss. Uh, F1 have introduced an Overtake Award that will be handed out at the end of the season. Our thoughts on the creation of that one. Sam's face, uh, for those of you listening, is already giving his opinion away. Uh, Yuki Sonoda. <laughs> Yuki Sonoda has been asked to rate his first half of the season. Uh, and we'll be discussing whether he think we think he's given himself an accurate grade or not. We'll be playing F1 Pump the Brakes to close the show as well. But first of all, of course previewing the Belgian Grand Prix. So after winning three consecutive races, Max Verstappen endured a difficult last two races prior to the summer break. He had the retirement, of course, at Silverstone, just ninth place at the Hungara Ring, and the result is a slender lead for Lewis Hamilton in the championship. So eight points separating the two rivals. Sam, given Hamilton's record in the second half of the season, how important is it for Verstappen to regain the momentum here at Spa? Uh, all, uh, all the noises um, folks if you want to clear your eardrums get through that horrible moment um, essentially it's incredibly important we know that Hamilton is, is he's not a momentum driver right but he loves to come on strong in the second half of the season Hamilton can pick up form wherever he bloody well finds it whether it be down the back of the sofa or on a racetrack that man will happily find a good run of form wherever he chooses and Max Verstappen has to curtail that. Max Verstappen has to do everything he physically can to get in front of a seven-time world champion where, if you look at the history of the seasons that we've had over the last decade or so now, since Hamilton has really rose to, to prominence, the tracks in the back end of a season suit Hamilton down to a T. The man absolutely flies through the, some of these tracks, Spa being one of them. He has a great success rate around this track. 
you know, uh, if you were to compare Hamilton's level of spa break, it would not be a, a hot tub and a lovely glass of Prosecco with a strawberry on the side. No, it would be a damp track in the hills of Belgium. Um, and boy, does he show it. He loves going around here. And I think Max is going to have a real, real tough time in succeeding. The Red Bull has never been massively strong here. Um, it is a huge power track. And as much as they make up good time in that middle sector, it's never enough to, to stop the benefit of that Mercedes powertrain that comes in the first and third sector. And they have, they've said over the summer break, we've, we've brought some wink-wink reliability upgrades. Wink-wink. And of course, reliability upgrades mean that you get an extra wink-wink 20-brake horsepower on the straight line. Um, someone let me know how that works outside the podcast. That would be great. Regardless, it means Mercedes are going to be even more potent in the absolute power end of these tracks. Uh, and with the likes of Monza coming up as well, it won't just stop at Spa. So Verstappen's going to have to do everything he can. He's got to hope it downpours because obviously that might benefit him. Hamilton and Max are what feels like a clear grade above the rest when it comes to wet weather driving. Um... I really do think that he needs to do absolutely everything. Hamilton is going to want this. I think Hamilton sees this as a reset after a bit of a tricky first half. Despite leading the championship, which is crazy. Only, I think, Lewis Hamilton can have a tricky first half of a year and come away leading the championship in a car I'd argue, arguably say isn't the best car on the grid. Um, I'm, I'm slightly nervous, actually, for the Red Bull team. I really think this could be a tipping scale moment um, should Mercedes get some momentum under their belt. What do you reckon, Harry? Do you think Verstappen needs this victory more than the average race weekend? I don't think either. So, obviously, Sam mentioned Hamilton not being a momentum driver. I don't think Verstappen is either, really. Um, So, in that sense, no. But, you know, he needs it for for the points. So, what what you don't want is you don't want to give Lewis Hamilton more points than than he could have. What's the... That, you know, that would mean he would win the championship. Oh, there we go. Yeah, there you go, folks. Mind blown. No, but, you know, you, you can't afford for Hamilton to start galloping away into, you know, in the points table because we've seen how easily it can it can go wrong. And even when you've got a 30-point lead, in terms of, I'm talking about Verstappen here, he still isn't leading the championship as we head into the summer break. So, um, uh yeah, I think in in that sense, it's it's definitely important for for Verstappen to win. Um, will will it happen? I don't know. It's going to be tricky. Sam mentioned it's a pretty big power track. Mercedes, I think, have brought some upgrades to them to their engine. Um, they've always been pretty good around here. A Red Bull are very good in that middle sector. It might be different this year, but you know that might not be enough to make up the difference. And even if they are in front, it only takes a lap one slipstream fest and. Mercedes could be back in front of Red Bull, so um, it's going to be a tricky one. I think it's going to be another tight weekend. Um, but yeah, Verstappen and Red Bull are going to, after a pretty dismal final two races of the first half, they're going to want to start putting some manners back on Mercedes for sure. Yeah, I, th- I think Lewis Hamilton, his his advantage that he's had in second half of seasons will come into play here, as will the experience of being in those situations. He has been in close battles halfway through seasons Verstappen hasn't been to this point and Hamilton would be wise to try and exploit that whether he would be successful in doing so Verstappen is we believe mentally strong but it is new territory for Verstappen versus not new territory far from it for Lewis Hamilton I mean if you're looking back at the last six uh, I was going to say the last six full seasons but the last six full seasons where we've had a summer break so we didn't really have one in 2020 But if you look at the other six we've had in the hybrid era, in only one of those six seasons was Lewis Hamilton in a worse off position at the end of the year versus where he was coming into the summer break. In all the other five, he has been able to push on or reclaim back the advantage in the second half. If you look at a few, the only exception is 2016. So he was ahead by six points going into the summer break in 2016. Ended up, of course, losing the championship to Nico Rosberg. But the other five, he's all he's bettered his his position each and every time. To pick Step out man. just a couple, thanks very much. To pick out a couple, in 2014, he was losing to Nico Rosberg coming into the summer break. He ends up winning the championship by 67 points. 2017, he's again losing to Sebastian Vettel by 14 points. Ends up winning the championship by 46. Um, and and one one other one, 2018. 
He was up by 24 heading into the summer break, so he already had the lead, but he ended up winning it by 88 points. So he well over tripled his advantage in the closing stretch of the season. He typically does very well, and it will be interesting to see how Verstappen copes with that, whether that's in the back of his mind at all, and if that affects him. Looking at this race in particular, um, I don't think it's necessarily an essential win, um, but I will pick up on the point that you both raised, uh, and Sam, you, you picked up on first of all, in terms of it's not necessarily just a, if you're behind at Spa, that's it, full stop, move on to the next one. Spa itself might not be a vital win, but if you're not there with Mercedes at Spa, you're probably not there with them in Monza as well. So suddenly it's not, you know, it's not 26 points that you're losing out on. It's it's maybe 52. So um, yeah, it doesn't bode well if, if they're not on the pace with Mercedes this weekend. And the other factor here is we don't know how many races there are to go. We don't know whether we have Spa as, as one of the last 10 races of the season. Maybe it's one of the last eight. Maybe it's one of the last 11. I, we're not sure at the moment. So... It puts added pressure on Verstappen and Hamilton to ensure that they don't leave anything to chance uh, and, and they take each and every race as it comes and, and assume nothing. Because I think assuming things at this point in the season, given what's happening, given the cancellation of the Japanese Grand Prix, given there might be further cancellations we don't know, it would be dangerous to, to work with assumptions here. Um, and just to say, I mean, with, with Verstappen, a win would definitely be a statement because... He didn't go into the summer break with with the lead that he deserved, um, quite frankly. You know, the, the two the two incidents that cost him a lot of points to close out the first half of the season. Silverstone, of course, not judged to be his error when he collided with Lewis Hamilton. And Hungary, you know, he, had, he couldn't have done anything about what happened to him there. So he can look back on the last two unfortunate results, neither of which he will believe, and, and rightfully so, he could have done anything about. So I think Verstappen needs to make sure that his, his mentality is strong here. Verstappen should, and I think he will, think that he deserves to be leading the championship. And I think he'd be absolutely right in thinking that. But he can't play the game of, oh, hard luck me. You know, He, he can't force himself to get into that frame of mind. He needs to come out strong here. And he needs to be in the frame of mind where he says, right, I should be winning the championship. So if I keep doing what I've done in the first half of the season, you know, luck will eventually play itself out and I will win this championship. It could be a big statement win to come out from a few week break. Hamilton's had all that time to recover from the first half of the year and Verstappen puts in a decisive blow. It would be massive for him. And we're talking, of course, Red Bull and Mercedes mainly, and, and rightfully so, that they're usually at the top. We haven't discussed Esteban Ocon featuring for the win, but you know that is definitely a possibility. Ocon's on a roll. Consec consecutive victories, of course. One. McLaren is probably <laughs> a more realistic. <laughs> unbeaten in the last one Grand Prix. Um, I, we're going to look at McLaren, though, because realistically, they've probably got more of a chance to be in, in with a in with a fight possibly Sam do you think that McLaren will be involved in some way in the front front few places I believe 100% that McLaren are going to be involved in the front few places and my bold prediction uh, mini spoiler will be very much related to McLaren in the uh, in the fight at the front so stay tuned if you if you haven't already turned off please just stay tuned for a bit longer I really appreciate it um yeah no I think I think they are so dragless that those things are like a slippery snake in a straight line. They just fly through the air like it isn't there. In a straight line, the amount of power that they seem to be able to deliver, using the same engine, of course, that Mercedes run, is phenomenal. They can provide such high top speed levels that I think going through the Radiano Rouge section and then going down the Camel straight, if they, let's say, let's say they qualify 5th and 6th, I think there is every possibility they could easily be, if not leading, 2nd and 3rd, 3rd or 4th at a real push, after we get to the end of the Kemmel straight, because they are so fast. And Red Bull, obviously, even with that Honda engine, which has improved, are not able to match that top speed. Mercedes, with their own engine, aren't able to match that top speed. And Spa is a fantastic track. has a lot of opportunities to overtake, but what it doesn't have is opportunities to overtake, really, in the middle sector. You have the big key overtaking opportunities, either going into the final corner, 
uh, or going through uh, Blanchemont, or of course at the start of the lap where you go into Turn 1 or you go towards down, down the back of the Campbell's Crate. Those are the big main overtaking opportunities. There's a few either side, but it's, it's minimal. And I think if McLaren can utilise that top straight speed that they have, um, then I think they can end up pulling away. I think they, if they can work together, if Ricardo can step it up, which I'm hoping for, fingers crossed for him, then I really think that they could put up a really potent attack. And I think they could shock a few people here and at Monza specifically. I would not be surprised if we see a shock victory at one of those two tracks. I really think they've got the package for it. Interesting stuff. Harry, are you on a similar line of thinking? Um, my line of thinking is that I think McLaren are going to be a real pain in the ass for, uh, for the top teams. Love that. <laughs> technical um, term, I love it. Very technical. Um, yeah, I, I uh, look. Sam's already talked about how what a slippery little sucker they are in a straight line. Um, here and especially Monza, I think they're going to be. I don't think they're going to be on you know the ultimate pace, but they're going to be such a thorn in the side of Mercedes and Red Bull. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. A slipstream fest up the Kemmel Straight, down towards Blanchimont, and then if we're onto Monza as well, you know those straights there. Um, they, they they could easily nip a nip a, a place in front, and then it could be really difficult for those guys behind to get back past again if they are so quick in a straight line. So I don't know. I I don't think I could. I'm not going to be as bold as Sam and say they're going to go. For, they'll be in with a chance of a win. Having said that, and Ben, you've already mentioned Espan Ocon quite literally won the last race, so anything could happen. Um, but I think there's some there's some podium places to be had there for McLaren. I think they've got to be thinking that they're going to be pretty handy uh, over the next couple of races uh, for sure. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Pain in the, Watch out, everyone. Pain in the ass. How, how are we going to define whether you're right with that? I mean, is, is there, is there well, something... Toto, Toto walks away after the race clutching his bottom, then you'll know. Right. Oh, that's <laughs> inappropriate. Everyone, keep your eyes peeled. Or don't. <laughs> Daniel Probably Ricardo's going to be a going to be a cheeky boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep up the references of Esteban Ocon here, uh, not just oh, to, to segue away from from that wherever that chat was, but uh, <laughs> there is relevance to this. So I, I think you're right in what you say that on the first lap, I think that's where McLaren's best opportunity is that first lap. Uh, and the reference to Esteban Ocon actually comes back to the starting, get my year right, 2018. Um, the, here comes Sebastian Vettel that year. Um, possibly David Croft's uh, most memorable line. Uh, we had that crazy start to the race where Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton alongside. And for a moment, it appeared as if the racing point drivers who started, Esteban Ocon definitely started third. I, I think Perez started fourth as well. Um, but both of them were in with a chance of potentially going four wide into Lake Holm. McLaren have the opportunity to do something very similar if, if they start third and fourth, which is highly realistic. Um, it, you know, Ricardo probably needs to up his performances from what we've seen for him to get up there. But but Lando Norris has been in and around that spot plenty of times already, so that might be their best opportunity to to get the guys at the start. Um, I mean, I, I'm i a bit more hesitant compared to, definitely compared to Sam, but also probably compared to Harry as well. I, I think the middle sector could be a bit of a killer for McLaren. The reason I say that is if we go back to 2019, the Belgian Grand Prix that year, you'll remember that was, of course, the, the summer of Ferrari, uh, where the heat from the sun was helping their engines perform much better through completely legal ways um yes, of course yeah sorry i just have to put down that statement that i've been asked to read out uh, please don't sue ferrari. us ferrari um <laughs> well that's that's why they didn't release it when it, when the fia investigated it they didn't want to release the results because they didn't want to embarrass people because it was completely legal um but anyway solar, pa solar power is what we're saying yes. they've got some solar panels on the, uh, on the f1 rear is now green no they, they were strong in the summer they weren't strong in the not summer. Solar power. <laughs> I mean, Sebastian Vettel did quite literally win the night race. But anyway, we'll move on from that. When you're not strong in the summer. <laughs> summer. There is a point in all this, I think. 
Um, is there? Yeah. So you remember the Belgian Grand Prix from that year, the one that, that Charles Leclerc went on to win. He, he did, of course, win the race, but given the advantage that Ferrari had in the first and third sectors that year, it was enormous how much better they were than Mercedes in the first and third sectors. But they were so bad compared to Mercedes in the middle sector that Mercedes still nearly beat them. Given given the enormous advantage they had in the, in straight line speed, they should have walked it. But the mi- the middle sector helped Mercedes at least stand a chance. And I, I think McLaren, even if they do have an advantage in the first and third sectors, which I think they will, I think they'll lose too much in the middle sector. But we'll see. Didn't didn't Ferrari lose something like a second and a half a lap to Mercedes in that middle sector, but they managed oh, was... to claw, claw the majority of it back on the straights. Yeah, it was something absolutely Ridiculous, wild. right? Yeah. yeah. It's a shady middle sector, obviously, that's why. Yeah, I mean, it is very yeah. overgrown in those those things. A lot of, you know, cold air at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. Ferrari solar power. Who'd have thought we'd have got to this point? Um, I, I did want to ask one more thing about McLaren, though, uh, because they have got Ferrari nipping at their heels for third place in the championship. Sam, given Red Bull and Mercedes are still going hammer and tongs for the for the win, the overall win of the championship, they're probably going to keep that going at least for a few more races, if not till the end of the year. What do McLaren do in this spot? They'll want to claim third place, again, no doubt about that, but they have next year to think about as well with the potential that Mercedes and Red Bull are going to be too focused on this year. What do you think? Oh, for a minute there, I thought your question was going to be, what do they do to keep Ferrari behind them? And I was just going to answer by scoring more points than Ferrari do. Um, your question is actually far more intelligent than that, and I hadn't actually thought up a, a reasonable reply. Um, no, uh, McLaren, go for that glory. McLaren, need, uh, I want to see him push it. I'd like to see him get a race win. Um, McLaren are in a comfortable enough place financially, uh, technologically, the resource they have. I don't think we're going to see a a Williams-esque for. I don't think we'll see a McLaren 2014-2015 decline. And, you know, um, it's such a strange playing field for every team to be on that I think they can afford to carry on pushing for this fight and claim a third place. And I want to see it anyway. From a, a viewer's point of view, um, I would like to see McLaren and Ferrari, who are level on points, which is pretty crazy, um, I'd like to see them push it all the way to the end. I think Ferrari could be a bit of a surprise package. It's obviously a very similar track in terms of capability to what Silverstone is and what Charles Leclerc managed. So it could be a bit of a surprise race for a few of those more potent straight-line midfield teams. So I want to see it the whole season long. Just race as close as you can, as hard as you can, and we'll worry about next season when we get to next season. What do you reckon, Harry? On, on the surface, it, it does seem like a bit of a classic trade-off situation. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you get and give Norris or Ricardo even a sniff of a of a good result, i.e., a win. I don't see McLaren trying to trying to you know not risk anything to get it because that's not it's not really built into their DNA. It's not really built into any team's DNA. But you know, I know I I, I see the logic uh, of what you're saying here. But um, yeah, if it got to that opportunity, I don't. They'd be hard pushed to try and stop Norris or Ricardo doing it. Um, so yeah, I I don't think it's a, a a possibility that they would try and stop them from from going for glory. But um, yeah, uh, I and the same I mean same for Ferrari to be honest. So imagine if they did get a victory again, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to see Chuck Leclerc win a race or indeed Carlos Sainz? I know I would. So um, I'd love yeah, to see Carlos not, win a race. They're not gonna worry. They'll worry about the points situation at the end of the season. They're not gonna worry about it now. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I just think it's a bit of a tricky one because I, I I know at this point in the season a lot of attention is going to be towards twenty twenty two anyway. Uh, I just think that there there could be a situation where McLaren finishing third would be brilliant for them, obviously, if they can keep developing and give themselves a chance for a first win in God, nine years. Is it now? Um, you know that that would be pretty. That'd be pretty amazing for them. At the same time, you know. What would you rather have? Would you rather have one third place finish over a fourth place finish, with the prospect of, you know, potentially 
getting in the mix of the of the leaders next season if you can get the jump on Mercedes and Red Bull. So um, I think there is a bit of a quandary for the team. I, I'm interested to see how that might play out with their strategy looking towards next year. We already know the likes of Alpine have, have fully moved on. Haas moved on back in 2018. So, um, ah. yeah, Inter- interesting. Well, <laughs> yeah, it does seem that way. I think, bold um, prediction. Just- before, just before we move on to being oh, go very on. bold, this, this better um, be a good point. This better be a good point. Ben moving on again. This better be a good I've, point. I have. <laughs> I've, I've put a big roadblock in the way of Ben. Sorry. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a serious point. We're going to take the Mickey for once. Um, the, on the other side of things, from McLaren and Ferrari, they have the predicament that they don't know how far along Mercedes and Red Bull are. They don't know how far along any, anyone is. So. You know, they might commit to moving all their efforts onto the 2022 regulations, which is fair. It's a fair and logical thing to do. Boring, but fair and logical. Um, But they might still end up being the eighth best team, for example. If every other team has already come and done it, then, for example, it might go wrong for them. Or they could focus on a season where they are already significantly better than the majority of the field. They have a significant advantage on tracks that are coming up and suit them. Why not get yourself a bit of marketing? Why not get yourself a race ring under your belt if possible? I, 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 I think there's still a lot of negatives to focusing on next season if you don't know where it's going. But I think fortunately for both Ferrari and McLaren, they have some of the biggest resources to them and they are able to utilise the shorter amount of time that I think they have. So I, I do think there is nothing really too wrong with them pushing a little bit more, maybe till Mons has come and gone and then maybe start the, um, the move across to 2022. Carry on, Ben. No, fair, fair enough. That was a good enough point that I accept the interruption. Well done. Thanks. Um, but second time of trying, I, I'm not going to take no for an answer this time. I can't wait for bold predictions. What have you got for us, Sam? Uh, so, it's, got, it's not going to be a two-parter, unfortunately. Uh, Sorry for those that, that enjoy a Sam same sequel. It's, it's, you know, we've just come off the summer break. I've got to get myself out my deck chair, you know, limber up the bold prediction organs I don't, I don't know um no it, it, it's gonna be that my bold prediction is that mclaren will be the biggest constructor point scorer of the weekend blimey o'reilly that is bold that is very bold indeed big boy yeah. bold so i mean even if they even if they finish like second and third for 33 points you're asking if Mercedes say got first and sixth, that would also be thirty-three. So that's fairly bold. You're asking for a retirement, probably for for both oh, parties. I, I, it's Spa, folks. Spa is a wild ride, and I think McLaren are more than up for it. I think Danny Rick is coming back with a vengeance. Interesting. In what is his two hundredth race start? I think so. A bit of extra motivation there as well. Mm. Harry, your bold prediction. Uh, mine is a bit of a fairy tale bold prediction. Um, it's going to be that thirty years after his old man made his debut, Mick Schumacher is going to score a point at Spa. So your 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 bold prediction is also that there will be eleven finishers. Well, he's behind him. <laughs> <That's Magic. laughs> Yeah, sure. Well, Either that, I mean, or, or Mazepin has dive bombed and caused the others to all not finish. Exactly. I mean, that could fit into sound prediction as well because that would might allow McLaren to be top top point scorer. So we're working together here. If it happens, well, Harry, I will cry on you forever. <laughs> <laughs> not not to say that you often get things wrong, Harry, but your bold prediction for the first race of the year was that Haas, that both Hash drivers would score points. And they haven't got any since. So. Well, well, um, yeah, oh. I've, I've, I've doubled down on that and gone for half, half that prediction this time. Not only, that, always the optimist. Uh, not only do you curse drivers in the races where you boldly predict things, you're now cursing them afterwards as well. <laughs> this, is a, this is an evolution of your predictions. I love it. So we've, yeah, so we've got McLaren as the best constructor. We've got Schumacher scoring a point. Um, I think mine's technically speaking, it's mine's a three-parter. 
Technically, technically oh speaking. Oh my god. It's the it, Bang Hocking trilogy. I'm big in it. It's, it's basically one. But it's got three individual parts to it. Um, I am going to say that Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, you might have heard of both of them, they are going to crash going into Lacom on the first lap. Max Verstappen is going to be out of the race and Lewis Hamilton will not finish on the podium due to that contact. I Max mean, like I can see it happening. I can see it happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for it. It's spicy. And if that means that McLaren then score a 1-2, I am also <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah, the caveat is that the McLarens have to be involved as well. Because like, me being right is great, but if you're right as well, Sam, it basically means nothing. Oh, right. Okay, so we're assuming now that it'll actually be four wide at Lacom, and the McLarens are just going to pincer move the two front men, and it's game over. Um, five wide. Sonoda's going to dive bomb in from La Source. Well, six <laughs> wide. Ma- Mazepin hasn't started breaking yet. And then, and then, and then Schumacher will be right behind watching it all, ready to pounce. Be- behind Harry, the teeth in his tank. You've got this right, haven't you, Harry? Damn. Uh, never mind. Well, given given your bold predictions, Sam, this should be a pretty interesting poll. One, two, three. I think that Lewis Hamilton will get pole position. I think that Lewis Hamilton will win the race. I think Lando Norris will be second, and I think Daniel Ricciardo will be third. Interesting. So. Sorry, just uh, so Hamilton was on pole. Uh, sorry, I didn't catch who you got for the win. Amorteng, Luis Amorteng. Sorry, just yeah. uh, cut out there. Um, so essentially, what you're saying is Bottas will be seventh or lower in order for your bold prediction to be correct. Well, yeah, he's not winning on the race, is he? So he may as well not bother. But I mean, if if you're predicting, um, right? No, I've got you. I'm with you now. Um, so, what's your one, Harry? It's trying to work with what sounds was then. Anyway, um, um, I've got Hamilton in first, Hamilton for the win, Verstappen in second, and Perez in third. Bit dull, sorry. Double double Red Bull podium. Yeah. But Lewis Hamilton with the pole win combination. Uh, I'm going to make it three pole positions for Lewis Hamilton. However, as you've already probably can figure out, my bold prediction is that Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are going to crash into Lacon with Verstappen out of the race uh, and Hamilton uh, Hamilton not on the podium. So it should make for a fairly interesting one, two, three. I'm going. I'm going pretty. I'm going for mayhem to happen at this race. Love it. So with Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen out of the way, of course that opens the door for botties all around. Valtteri Bottas <laughs> winning I've the race. I've loving it. Come on, Valtteri. Come on. It's You've not happening. It. It's happening. Um, and that's not where the carnage... I think Gasly will finish second and Lando Norris third. Oh, you're Where's right. Gasly come him. from out of here? <laughs> he's all right, he? He'll do it. I mean, he's all right. He's all right. Bloody hell. Yeah. I'm, we I, are predicted some craziness. I haven't had any poll one, two, threes for, for weeks. I've had to go bold with the return. I've been making random like first, second, thirds from going around the supermarket with with trolleys sort of racing each other. I've gotten desperate, so I had to go crazy. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a bold prediction build-up, isn't it? The desperation of uh of, of bold predictions is spilling over without having it for a few weeks. So it works. So it works. Let's move on to um, something that was announced just a couple of days ago. So at the end of the season, F1 will hand out an award for the driver that makes the most overtakes during the season. Uh, The award will be sponsored by Crypto.com, which is F1's cryptocurrency sponsor. Uh, Details are still emerging as to what does and doesn't count as an overtake. But we do know that Sebastian Vettel is leading the way. Uh, And we do know there are a few caveats such as you can't. The ones where someone has come into the pits or where someone has crashed and you they don't count but details still emerging Harry what do you reckon 
Don't really care, mate. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, yeah, saw that today. I was like, yeah, whatever. Don't don't really give monkeys about this award. Um, it's just how it said crypto.com can have a, a name or something. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> so you can make lots of overtakes in a season, but I, I'd rather, rather if they were going to do an overtake reward, uh, award they should do um like best overtake of the season like that's what's what we want to see uh, you know f- i mean fair place to Seb vet for leading the way but you know i don't remember a lot of his being absolute mind-bending moves they're pretty good moves but not anything out, uh, out of the ordinary so um yeah uh yeah overriding feeling is don't really care are we gonna? We're gonna forget about it by the time it comes to Abu Dhabi, and everyone will forgotten. And I don't think even the drivers will care. So, but yeah. you're probably right on the last bit, but you're wrong about the bit before because we won't forget about it until Abu Dhabi. Because there is one thing I forgot to mention, and that is that F1 are already preparing TV graphics to be used for this award. <sighs> you're welcome. Is it done by AWS? I don't believe there was any mention of AWS. There'll be like a live chart of who's winning the overtaking award race. That seems likely. In the bin. Don't care. <laughs> Lewis, Hamil- <laughs> Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are in the mud. Yeah, they're, they're barely overtaking anyone. <laughs> just cares about the driver's end. world title. They're last. They're no one. Hamilton's just holding the driver's championship like, oh, God. Look at this thing. Consolation prize. <laughs> I wish it was the Cryptocurrency Award. I hope they give the Cryptocurrency Overtake Award at the FIA Gala at the end of the year. That would be excellent. Oh, <laughs> in their tux. And they, yeah, here you go. And everyone's like, slow clap. Here's a giant Bitcoin for you, Seb. <laughs> <laughs> first, first lap overtakes don't actually count towards the award, which is probably... Oh, for God's sake! Which, Why not? Is, I don't think they do. Uh, anyway, it's probably really good news for Kimi Raikkonen because with the amount of places he's made up on the first lap, he probably would go on and win it. And he doesn't want to make an appearance. He doesn't, wanna, he doesn't want to be in the... I mean, he, he likes the garlic because he can get absolutely um, car parked. He gets, but... he gets rather gazeboed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, Don't care. Don't care. So let me just write that one down. So Harry's official opinion is get in the bin. <laughs> Of Wilkinson's being, and we'll be giving out the Wilkinson's Bing Award at the end of the season to the driver that bings it the most. I mean, that seems fairly likely. Our award ceremonies usually contain awards such as that, so it will probably feature. Sam, are, are you putting this in the bin as well? Oh, I'm setting the bin on fire. Um, firstly, <laughs> this is such a corporate sponsorship move. This has come along because cryptocurrency want to have their greedy little paws on another marketing avenue that is so not needed. It is so not needed. Um, that's the first thing I hate about it. It's so clearly to drive sponsorship, which I loathe entirely. Uh, that's a Grinch reference for anyone that is uh, on top of the reference notes. Um, also, the drivers already hate the fastest lap Pirelli award thing. Lewis Hamilton has got so many that he's got his own tyre fire at home. Um, it looks like the one from The Simpsons in Springfield that never goes out. He's got so blimmin' many of them. I don't care about that either. That's irrelevant. The Speed King is now another thing that you get called if you win the sprint race. Don't care about that either. And now, most overtakes, but there are so many rules that actually you can only overtake if you do a triple backflip and land on the outside of the track. And then that counts as an overtake. Because that's what it feels like. It feels so ridiculously specific of when and where you have to make an overtake to count. That um, I hate it. I hate it so much. It is ridiculous and stupid. Also, if people did care about it in a hypothetical world that would make no sense, um, then people like Hamilton, Verstappen, and on the other end of things, people like Mazepin, Schumacher, who were sat there going, hang on a minute, I start at the front every race. What am I meant to do? Um, do I drop back to overtake? And poor Mazepin's going, right, I'm going to have to dive bomb now, aren't I? Every race, I'm going to have to dive bomb you to win this award. It's silly. It makes no sense. It's a waste of time. And very much like Harry, I would kindly request that it gets itself in the bin. Cool. 
So, Harry, you've put it in the bin. Sam, you've set the bin on fire. And, yep. then, and then put that in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> I am now going to grenade the bin that is on fire. <laughs> it is an awful idea. It's, I think it's mainly harmless. Like it, it, it doesn't really matter too much, but it's an awful idea nonetheless. They, they might as well just name it the "you should have qualified a bit better" award, because like, <laughs> yeah. like you say, the, the Hamilton and Verstappen and, and those qualifying at the front, even though they should, given the cars at their disposal, they're not going to stand a chance to win this. But it, should that should that matter? Should that should they be should they be punished for for qualifying well? Um, it, the way that this is run, it means that five DRS passes in a race are five times more valuable than one brilliant overtake that actually requires a, a lot of skill. Uh, it puts numbers, it, you know, it puts numbers to this, and I, I, I just don't think it really works. No offense to Sebastian Vettel whatsoever, who is a quality driver, but does anyone look at Sebastian Vettel, knowing that he's leading this, think, okay, yeah. Vettel is the best overtaker on the grid. Yeah, that that adds up. Of course it doesn't. Vettel's great, but he's not the best overtaker on the grid. And him leading this award doesn't change my opinion on that. It's just the fact that it's not going to it's not going to affect anything at all. There's there's no reward for the driver, which means the people aren't going to care because the drivers don't care. It, it's not going to impact decisions. It's it's not like going into the last race at Abu Dhabi. I don't know, let's say Sebastian Vettel is still leading going into into Abu Dhabi and he is a second behind a car on the last lap and he's considering making an overtake, he's considering going for a dive bomb. Is the fact that he might be in contention for this award going to change his opinion on whether he goes for it or not? Of course it's not. It's, it's not going to change anything at all. It, could you imagine if this in any other sport? Could you imagine like going into the last... Premier League match of a season in football uh, and being on the edge of your seat because Mo Salah might end up with the most crosses this season. He might do it. It's it's all about the result. It's not about the things that go into making the, the, the result. You know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And to your point, Sam, about this basically being... Because let's face it, what is this? It's an opportunity for a sponsor to be plastered onto something else. So they've created an award for them. And I think in their media release, Formula One's media release, this is as apparent as can possibly be. And I've actually written this down to quote it word for word. And I promise this is exactly what it says. This is from Ben Pincus, who is the director of commercial partnerships at Formula One. The Crypto.com Overtake Award gives us the chance to celebrate drivers' instincts to make bold and strategic moves which reflects the qualities needed when dealing in cryptocurrency. Oh, That's God. Have a day off. Get Bang on this show. The other Bang, not our Bang. Get that oh. Bang on this show immediately. I need to grill him in that <laughs> oh. bin that's on fire. I mean, in all likelihood, it wasn't Ben who wrote that. It was someone in the PR sure. team. So get them on instead, because yeah. that's yeah. the worst thing I've ever, I've ever Bring heard. Bring the whole marketing life. team on. Oh, my God. Get them on here. Come in! I'm gonna chase you around the car park with a bin that's on fire. <laughs> let let us know on on Twitter or on our Discord channel. Um, what other ways can you compare cryptocurrency and overtaking in Formula One? Um, I'll be impressed if any are as good as that. Goodness me! Um, it, and, um, I'm gonna go back there. I'm going back to the Premier League for a minute because there is something that the Premier League do do well. Um, that I think Formula 1 could do if they wanted to, and I would like it if they did it merely as a social media thing, of um, obviously in football you have goal of the month. And they do it each month. They pick four or five goals that are the goal of the month. It means nothing for football as a results-based thing, but it's fun for fans to see some goals again and to maybe vote on them. If we did overtake of the month and it was purely a social media thing, I'm all right with that. That's a good laugh. That's interesting. That's fine. I get to watch some great moves again. But this is utter codswallop. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, I, I completely agree with you. And yeah, if, if we did have an alternative award, I would absolutely go for best overtake. I I just wrote down best overtake of the season, but I prefer your idea, Sam, of just having an overtake of the month, or you know, maybe the months don't work out if there's only one race in a month. But yeah, that would be 
much better. It's it's much more about skill at that point than just uh, just a number. Um, so I think we're fairly unanimous on that one, aren't we? Yeah. On the fence, I think. I don't also, think we as a by as a by point. If Wilkinsons ever do want to sponsor this podcast, we are very very much open to that offer. It's about I think, time. I think we've got more chance of being sponsored by Wilkinsons than we do Crypto.com at this point. I, I don't want to be sponsored by you. I've said it alive on air. I don't want to be sponsored by you. Burning we'll get an by them well now. It'll bins, come up. <laughs> yeah. This Let's podcast is sponsored by Cryptocurrency. Oh. Yeah, maybe not. Sorry, listeners. Let's move on to Yuki Sonoda because Yuki's, Yuki's better than cryptocurrency, generally speaking. Um, so he was asked to rate his performance for the first half of the season uh, out of 10. And Yuki Sonoda went for a 5 or a 6, um, saying that he believed he, he was a bit inconsistent to start with, but he did show more consistency in the last four races coming up to the summer break. So a 5 or 6 out of 10. Sam, do you think Sonoda is being fair to himself? So I was actually surprisingly refreshed by this answer from Yuki. I don't fully agree with the rating he's giving himself. I will probably go a four to a just maybe dipping into a three area. Um, but I was also surprised at how, I think, relatively honest and fair he was. And I think he evaluated his season quite well. Um, obviously, he wants to be complimentary. Obviously, he doesn't want to make himself look bad. People watch that. His team watches that. Um, and I think that is a fair thing you have to take into account when you're evaluating yourself on the TV in a sport where that is judged. Um, but I was quite pleasantly surprised that he went as low as he did. I was You kind of expect all the drivers to back themselves, to get behind themselves, to go, yeah, no, look, it's my first year, I've done all right, I beat Alonso around the you know, first race. Um, and he has had some inconsistent moments. He has forgotten where the brake pedal is. He has hit every single <laughs> wall at one point or another across the season so far. And I, I love him for it. But he was also refreshingly honest. Ben is looking for the breaking point and the walls under his mug, folks, if you can't see him. Uh, desperately trying to find them for Yuki. Um, but I no, I am I'm pleasantly surprised. The, the kid's been moved into the sport, we all think, a little bit too early. He's still very much learning and adapting. So I think a five is relatively fair. For, and you've got to remember that Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen and Yuki Tsunoda are not all sitting on the same 1 to 10 scale. It's their own 1 to 10 scale here. So, you know, so Tsunoda's so 5 might be Hamilton's 1, for example, you know. Um, I don't think this is that bad for Yuki. I, again, would have lowered it a little bit, and that's coming from a completely neutral third-party point of view. He is rating himself. But no, I think this is fair. I mean, Yuki has made some mistakes. Yuki has got to learn. But I think he's got a massive learning curve, and he's in the sport a little too early. So... Well done, little Yuki. I think this is quite all right, in my opinion. Harry, do you think that was a fair rating that he gave himself? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as Sam. I think um, I'd probably go one lower and go for a four, but four or five maybe. But um, yeah, a, a refreshing, a refreshing take. And I, I think that's actually not unexpected because he, you hear him on the radio. He's fairly self-critical um, about his performances. Um, so yeah, so maybe it doesn't come as quite a shot, but it's you know it's very easy for a rookie to say, "I've been great this year," so far, even though I've backed it into the wall <laughs> quite a few times. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's a fair assessment from himself. Um, you know, he's never going to put himself with the lowest possible uh, grade, but I think a, a mid-table, I, like I said, I'd go slightly lower, but mid-table is fairly uh, fairly f- accurate on his part. Um, yeah, well, like Sam said, well, I feel like we're patting him on the top, top of the head. Well done, little Yuki. Good job, little Yuki. We love you, you little star. Mm. Spelt with a T. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, star yeah, is like usually a... spelt with a T, Sam. It's one at the start. Also spelt with a T at the start. Literally. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I just have I just have images of you spelling star like S Z A R or something. I <laughs> that's I, yeah, that's why I failed my A levels. Uh, um, so I, I'll take the I'll, I'll take the rating and his his comments separately. So the rating, first of all, what should it be? Um, I immediately had him down as a three um, out of ten. Uh, I spoke to my partner; she told me to stop being harsh, so I've upped it to a four. Um, th- those are the conversations we have. Oh, 
she, on the she, side, she, isn't it? Apparently, apparently. Uh, <laughs> sorry, she being, is lovely. I was being too mean, so I, I, I was like, fine, I'll, I'll up it to a four. Um, but either way, I'd still think he's been a bit kind to himself here. I think three or four is is more accurate than five or six. So I think that, I think that's what I would I would give him as a rating. However, I think the actual comment that he made is is kind of what he had to do because he couldn't really go either way with it. So, for example, he couldn't really give himself a nine or a ten or an eight or something like that because then that says to the Red Bull management, well, he thinks he's pretty much there in terms of his potential that's not great because his performances aren't there so what has he got left to give I, I, you know probably not a lot so there's he, he couldn't go too high with it um on the other hand i i've given him a three or a four i don't think he could have come out even if he thinks inside i don't think he could have come out and said it should be a three or a four because when helmet marco realizes he's a bit bored and hasn't sacked anyone for a while and he goes ahead and sacks him and everyone asks why did you do that he can turn around and go well i mean he rated his own performances like three out of ten what do you expect me to do so you kind of can't go either too much one way or the other if you're yuki sonoda so i think five or six was the not necessarily the correct response but it definitely was the diplomatic response that that he should have made so um, still, he's had eleven races. Still, plenty of time for him in the second half of the season to to improve somewhat. Should we pump some brakes? Oh, is that Dave? Can I hear him? Is he coming? Yeah, he only comes out after the intros played. So I'll play the intro and see if he's about. Pump the brakes! I hope he's not in that car. You know. I hope he isn't too. Um, I no, he's here. He's here. I can't believe we're talking about an imaginary. Well, not he's not an imaginary, of course, but an imaginary bird. <laughs> Our imaginary friend, David. He's a real in. person. It's a real person. <laughs> I know he's, he's a, a real person. Justice for Banks and Phillips. <laughs> right. F one, pump the brakes if you haven't listened before. Uh, each of us have an opinion that we might consider to be fairly bold. Uh, the other two have to say whether it's a good opinion uh, and they can stay gunge-free. Or if both of the other people say, pump the brakes, you're wrong. Dave Benson Phillips, British TV legend, um, will or will not do the dunking, uh, do the gunging. So, don't dunk him. Yeah, don't dunk. Gunge, not dunk. Um, <laughs> Sam, have you got an opinion for us? What can you offer? Uh, I, so we've done quite a few pump the brakes, and I've given a few bold opinions. So it's, it's always hard to maybe come up with one that I haven't previously voiced. And I do have to have a proper think about this. And of course, I do want to get gunged by Dave. I do miss him until we play pump the brakes once again. So I'm glad he's finally back. Um, I am going to go with this. The Australian Grand Prix, held currently, of, of course, at Melbourne, um is only considering a good Grand Prix because it is the first race of the season where technical problems, for example, might occur. I don't think the Melbourne Grand Prix is actually a good Grand Prix and could quite happily be removed from the calendar. Harry? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I know you want to be gunged, Sam, but I, I kind of agree with you. I think if it was slap bang Damn in it. the middle... Um, it, it, people would be like, yeah, this is naff. I think it's the setting for, you know, Australia. It's nice after the cold winter in Europe for most of the teams. They get to come to sunny Australia. It's normally normally sunny. Um, and, yeah, like you say, it's the first race. So there's sometimes there's technical issues, which makes it slightly more interesting. But, yeah, if it was race nine, everyone would be like, this is naff. What are we doing here? So, um, yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm saying <laughs> really, sorry you didn't get really punched. really enjoyed but... that. Enjoyed that dismissive attitude. Um, I I don't know why people think this is a good Grand Prix. Um, no, I I completely agree. I've I've never been a massive fan of it to be honest. Um, if if I had a choice to eliminate, let's say five Grand Prix from the calendar, this one definitely makes the list of the five. Definitely. Um, I've never never really enjoyed the track much. Um, nothing against the good people of Melbourne, of course, but. Not, not one of my favourites. Oh, no, we, we love Australia. Again, I will happily spend a lot of time there. Thank you. 
G'day. So, you have Whip avoided... You've avoided the gunge. Dave, avoided the can, gunge. Uh, we can play with the gunge later or something. I promise. Whoa, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> um, well, he is still on standby because we do have two more opinions to go. Harry, are you going to stay gunge free as well? He gets paid per gunging, so... A <laughs> man's going to eat tonight. Um, <laughs> my uh, pump the brakes opinion is that uh, all F1 teams, all drivers, should have to pick their setup before FP1 and they're not allowed to change it. So, oh, that's a really interesting one. So just to clarify, they, they need to select their setup even before the race weekend has started. Yeah, I mean they all all, team, all they always go in with a base setup, and I know they then tweak it throughout the weekend. But they have so much practice these days that they normally, uh, even with the shortened sessions, they normally manage to tweak it to a good place by the time they get to quality and the race. And I'm saying, you do it beforehand. If you've got it wrong, you gotta you gotta deal with it for the rest of the weekend. So it might spice things up a bit. So um, and it stops them. They've got so much data anyway. I think they would be. It wouldn't be lost, but it might just might just shuffle the order slightly. So there would almost be a park for me, say, on like a Thursday evening, almost then. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Though. Interesting one, Sam. I'm going to tell you to pump your brakes, Mister Reed, but only by a tiny amount because I love the idea that you're presenting, but I do think if we were to turn up, let's say, to um, Vigello again or something like that for the first time teams will have no bloody idea and um, I do think they should maybe even get a very very short practice one and then they should get park firmer conditions so half an hour 45 minutes maximum straight back in that's all you get um, so, but that, I do think it should be minimised I think practice generally should be minimised um, I do think they get too much of it and I think you're right part of them they should come in a lot earlier in the weekend but I do think they should get a little bit of running so that's the only reason I'm going to take a front of the break for the most part I agree with what you've said uh, I'm not going to answer through words I'm going to answer through the medium of a sound effect <laughs> Dave you're getting paid you love Dave Oh, God. It's cold. Ooh, Cash in cold Dave Benson Phillips's wallet. He's absolutely <laughs> loving it. <laughs> He's got the legis. I, I will actually expand a little bit. Um, actually, I won't expand a lot. What Sam said, yeah. I, I would have it at the end of FP1. I, I, I feel harsh because I think you are... I think the point is a good one. And I, I mm. would actually... I would actually, yeah, do exactly what Sam has just said. Have it after FP1. God damn it. I Great concept, though, Harry. Yeah. Thanks. Well, Thanks. I love it. You I, it's outside just, the it's box what... there, and I appreciate it. <laughs> That's unusual for me. Um, it's just, it's, this season in particular, I think Mercedes a couple of times have started weekends absolutely nowhere. And then they've yeah. had three hours worth of practice. By the time they get the quality, they're, they're, they're back up. And I, and I don't just, this isn't a, a target Mercedes problem, but imagine how interesting it would be if. They couldn't do anything about it, and they just had to. The drivers just had to get on with it and see if they could make the car work. So, I do wonder if someone like Sebastian Vettel might turn up and be an absolute wizard at setups and actually end up scoring multiple podiums because of the way this might turn out, or something like that. You know, you might see a mid-team driver suddenly high up the order. It does put more emphasis on you know sim drivers. Puts more emphasis on. Yeah. Anthony Davison we were working over Anthony Davison his stock has massively <laughs> risen thanks to your suggestion um, <laughs> it's actually his idea he sent it over yeah thank you for that one Ant. Um, I feel like I'm probably going to have to play the sound effect back to myself on this one but we'll soon find out so uh, someone we've collaborated with uh, before in terms of videos on YouTube is a, an F1 content creator called Aldus uh, great guy. He has done a, uh, a livery contest over the summer break where he's taken 16 famous F1 liveries, put them in a sort of bracket and work out what is the greatest livery of all time thanks to a series of polls. The winner was the Vodafone McLaren. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if it was one specific car or if it was just basically that era of car, the sort of 2007 to, to 2012, sort of that, that range. 
Uh, and it, that, that was the one that won. My opinion is that it is a massively, massively overrated livery. That isn't where I thought you were going to go with this. Uh, I don't. Even, ooh, uh, I don't agree that it's the best livery of all time. That's a. Uh, that's. A, I think that's a. Um, that just shows the the age range of the people that were voting on Twitter. To be quite frank, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I do agree. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, uh, um, I I'm going to take a part the breaks. I don't think it's overrated. I just don't think it is by far. I mean, it's, maybe it's overrated by the community, but I don't. I don't think I overrate it. I do think it is a lovely livery. I do very much like looking at it, and it holds a lot of F1 memories for me. Um, but I don't think it is the greatest livery to have ever existed. Ah, oh, this is tricky. I, 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 I Ben, I'll let you off. I, I think oh. it, it, it does um, maybe... And I, I do like that livery, but I, I think maybe it gets too much credit. I think I prefer, and this is bold, I think I prefer the uh, the old West livery before, but maybe that's just where... Um, that's yep. a reflection on what, what I grew up watching. So, um, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you off this time. But, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm not going ma- massively overrated. It's quite a bold statement. I think it's quite overrated, but I'll, but, I'll let you off uh, because I think I know where you're going with that. Cool. Can we just get the staff to club together for Dave because he's getting nothing essentially. He's only going to have a 99p burger. He's travelled all the way out here to do some gunging and the man's only been able to do one. It's a letdown. Got to take his gunge back home with him. It's a yeah. lot of equipment. It's got a slide and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to judge the, the good people of Twitter but when I saw the, uh, the final result on that I was a bit like, eh? You're Sorry, wrong. what? What now? Like the JPS Lotus and 7-Up Jordan the and... Bloody yellow Jordan! And the, I mean, even the, yeah, Buzzing Hornets Jordan, like... Come on, not guys. Even. Not even. Just the Buzzing Hornets Jordan. Well, yeah, all right. Sorry, not... In, yeah, but you know what I mean. They're... they're, they're... Anyway. I, think, said, I would argue this. even the, the one-off golf livery that they rang at Monaco is oh. nicer than that um, red and silver phone livery. I might be taking away a, a, a future pump the brakes here, but I think that McLaren falls in the same category as the, uh, as the old McLaren Marlboro liveries where they're, not necess- they're more iconic than they are great liveries. Yeah. They, yeah, the results that were achieved or the events that happened in the, the cars at the time make them a more fond memory than the actual design of the livery itself. Could you imagine if F1 Twitter existed at the time that McLaren ran the mobile livery? Because every year they just rocked up and they'd be like, oh, it's the same again. Oh, it's boring, this. <laughs> everyone would, Twitter would explode every year. They'd be like, what? Oh, God, this year, it's going to be the year. They're going to do something different. <laughs> Rip the covers off it. No, it's the same again. I mean, say that to Red Bull, please, well, because that's been the same for a decade. I know, but, but I think McLaren Marlboro's uh, a serial offender. I think at least Red Bull have mixed up. I know they haven't done for a little while, but... Um, you know, they were a bit different before 2016, and... I mean, Ferrari are the biggest offender. No, but they're, 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 they're just red. They never mean anything else, are they? they just do a, a yellow one. Just do one yellow one. For one year. Get Sam Please. a yellow Ferrari. It's going to be hashtag... Mattia. Get that one trending, yeah. If, if someone wants to actually deliver me a yellow Ferrari, I don't care what model it is, I will accept graciously and do many things that are not weird, normal things like... <laughs> many things! Thank you. Like <laughs> I'm just going to drive it, yeah, get myself insured, uh, park it, you know, the norm. Anyway, that's going to do it for, for Pump the Brakes. <laughs> Harry's been gunged. Sam's all right. I'm all right. <laughs> Pump the brakes! Ah, oh, the feathers are gone. <laughs> and there goes no, Dave on the, on the way it. out. <laughs> He's hit my, my yellow feather with his slide. Oh, DBP, what a guy. Um, we love you, Dave. If you ever listen. 
We've got F1 on the weekend, obviously. Belgian Grand Prix coming up. We'll be back on Sunday. Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here. Folks, thank you for joining us for another preview. We hope you enjoyed your summer break. Let us know what you think of the topics. You know, did McLaren have a chance this race weekend? Is the cryptocurrency award the most stupid thing that F1 have done since elimination qualifying? It definitely could be. And, of course, Dave Benson Phillips wants to know, what are your Formula 1 opinions and should he come round to your house and gung you while you sleep? Um, join us, of course, for the race review on Sunday. We'd love to have you there. Get involved in the Discord if you want to talk to us soon, and we're going to be active, of course, over the race weekend on Twitter, at Breaking. Uh, it's lovely to chat to you all. Thanks for popping by. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been a Bitcoin. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> keep breaking late. This thing is on fire, like that girl is on Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.